Hi, I'm Anne, and I'm an Erper. And I'm Casey. I have no idea what an Erper is, but I want in. Join us on Why Not, a Winona Earp fangirl podcast as I introduce Casey to my favorite show and find out if she has what it takes to be an Erper. And welcome back to Why Not, a Winona Earp fangirl podcast. Hey, Casey. Hey, Anne. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Got a noisy background, do you? (laughs) Can you hear it for real? No, it's fine. What episode are we covering today? Today, we are covering season three, episode 10. It's called The Other Woman, and it's written by um, Noelle Carbone. And it's directed by April Mullen. It aired on September 21st, 2018. Um, Another little bit of uh, information. She is the person who wrote the Gnome Wives episode. She is. You really liked that one. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Carboner fan. um, So I think you might too. Well, it's just a joke. (laughs) I say Carboner alert. Oh, I was going to say, because... Oh. I did. I told you it's pronounced like Carbone, like Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Yeah, that's why I said that. And then you just threw me off by saying Carbone. I'm like, I didn't even, I, let me check that out. No, you said Carbone. I know. It's just a, it's just a joke in the failure. fandom. Carbone. For failure. Anyways, slap my ass and call me a sister-in-law. Uh, we have a guest what? joining us today. Uh, okay. We're recording on Earp Sister Sunday. And who better to join us than the biggest Earp sister fan, Kevin Batchelder? Hey, Kevin! Hello. Hello. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for for having me back. I'm glad I didn't scare you away from having me back after last time. Well, you no. were such a horrible guest. We it had was, to really consider it for a minute. She was like, "Guess what, Kevin?" Oh uh, yeah. Well, it, the usual honorarium. I think I had to double it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin when when we had talked about you coming on for this episode you had also mentioned that this episode will air a day before a certain day in the fandom. Do you want to tell us about what that day is? Sure, sure for any of the uh, maybe the newer fans who might not know July the 2nd is considered International Earp Day because that is the day in 2019 that the formal announcement was made that the show had been saved and that season four would actually happen. Oh, after I didn't the know that. months-long fight to get it. So yes, that was a mention uh, Emily made, and we just kind of have fun with it each year now since to kind of commemorate that. Oh, I had no idea. That was a good good info. <laughs> and then two long years later, yeah. season four oh came God. out. Well, and that's why I said to Anne last time, I'm like, we still could have a season five. I mean, because there was such a long period between the announcement and the actual um, season coming out. It's still possible, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, until Emily or the show's producers put out some formal statement to the contrary, we're Orpers. We don't give up. Okay, good. (laughs) Were you going to swear? You can. 
This is a sweary show. Okay, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> he knows, he listens. Uh, oh, okay. That being said, Kevin, you know how we run this show here. We take uh, the show scene by scene, we pull the thread, we pick it apart. We go off the rails and say things that are not related to the show at all. And then somehow we always come back and wrap it up. Um, that being said. It is a glorious start- journey. It is a glorious <laughs> It's this <laughs> takes many turns. <laughs> Lots of turns. Just when you think you know where it's going. No. It no. does. No. <laughs> That's why it's so much fun listening to the two of you. <laughs> well, thank you. This episode has a lot of scene changes. I mean, we don't go a lot of places, but we're back and forth a lot. So sit tight, everybody. Yeah, like a lot of scene changes. I was going through it, doing my notes, and I'm like, Jesus, back and forth and back and forth. (laughs) We start out and we're at the church and it's Purgatory 1887. And Juan Carlos is speaking with a woman named Maeve and she's transcribing for him. And he says... The guardians were powerless in the face of evil that the serpent was perpetrating. What could they do? Their remit was to stand by idly, even as a new reign of terror began. And then who do we see come bursting through the church doors but Robert Spain? And he's uh, telling Juan Carlo that Wyatt Earp is coming, um, to which Juan Carlo says, right on time, the blood eclipse occurs on this very night. But he had hoped that they would all be spared from this. And Robert says, Bolshar spares no one, which we know is true because he's a bad mama jamma. Um, JC says, hope, Robert, is God's greatest gift to us. And then Robert's like, hey, Maeve, do you hope? I mean, what's this hope business all about? Uh, and she's like, yeah, it's not really for me to say. And then JC tells her to take the book home and conceal it. Uh, Then JC says, come on, Robert, we got to ride to the flats. We need to get Peacemaker to the champion as he holds a sword. And then we, in between there, we have like these little flashes of current day Bobo in between then and now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I have a question right away. Bring up the questions. Um, Is that a sword? Or is it what's in our logo? Is that what's in our logo? That is what's in our logo. (laughs) I'm like, and it's so funny too, because even like a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, did we, what is that knife in the logo? Is that like something we've seen? It's just a letter opener. Well, that's what I was like. "Mm, This doesn't seem, something is weird. And then this episode came up and I was like, that's it. That's it. And also, I um didn't have any clue. I watched this three times. I watched this episode three times. And it didn't occur to me until the final time that um this, what was happening in this first scene, who the woman was, what they were talking about, and how it relates to later. I had no clue. It, I mean... As Kevin can attest to, this show is just a constant like treasure trove because I I know I didn't probably watch this as closely the first few times. Um, And Kevin, I don't know how it is for you going back now, but after seeing everything all the way through 412, it's like everything just kind of fits into these nooks and crannies just a little bit better for me. And that, but that's a big part Mm -hmm. of why so many people 
can appreciate and love the show because like you were saying, um, Casey, you can still enjoy it without putting all the pieces together on a next rewatch right. or another watch. Like, oh, oh, that's that Maeve. Oh, oh I get that now. You know, yeah. and, you know, so that's where the rewatches, you know, a lot of shows, you, or at least for me, I watch them and I enjoy them, but there's no point in rewatching it. But this one, man, you just pick up, whether it's in the same episode or future stuff that's going to be referenced or whatever, that's just one of the joys of our that's what exactly what I thought. I'm like, I enjoyed both the times I watched it. You know, like I totally, I was in it. I, I got it. I understood. I thought I understood it. I enjoyed it. And then it wasn't until the last time where I was like, holy shit, I just realized this whole flipping part. And I would have gone on as normal if I didn't rewatch it and catch it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was still enjoyable and fine. But, well, yeah. even like. Well, first of all, I have to tell you, like, I just got goosebumps talking about that. That's how big of a geek I am for this <laughs> show. I like, literally had a visceral reaction. Um, but it, it's like, and then you'll even have it where three episodes later, something will come across. And then you're like, oh, that's what they were doing back there at the car scene. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like this, these light bulb moments over and over again. Mm -hmm. so, it's uh, It's definitely a lot of fun. Yes. So, um, yeah. So I saw this knife and I was like, holy shit, that's what's in our logo. And Bobo says, yeah, we must. And then it comes back to current time and Bobo is in a clear enclosure saying, we must, we must. And then Winona's sitting there and she goes, we must increase our bust. And, and which I thought was hilarious because it seemed like in this episode, and I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but it goes back to like a bunch of things that were from like my childhood there's a couple references in like later on about different books and things like that where i'm like would anyone in their 20s even get these references it's so funny but um so why don't ask bobo if she could just get something that they could hang on to and he says yes you can have hope, but it's gone. And Winona gets really close to Bobo in this glass enclosure that he's in. And um, they have this moment and she says that, you know, he must feel pretty useless too. And that she's sorry that he, she has to keep him in this enclosure. And he's like, no, no, y'all, it's cool. Um, you know, I can't be trusted. So they just then Waverly and Jeremy come in with this like incredibly strong coffee for Winona and Winona, um, you know, explains that Bobo probably does know something, but he's totally loony bins and he's not able to get it out. So Waverly tells Winona that she's actually really worried about her. And Winona's like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I need to change the scenery. And as she's leaving, Waverly stops her and says, you're still the heir and we're counting on you. And then Winona fills them in that being the heir sucks balls. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too. Um, you know, like Winona, we just see her like, she just looks tired. And she's just kind of like feeling a little defeated. Bobo's brain is clearly like something is going on. He's just very confused. It's like mm -hmm. literally scrambled. Um, and I don't know if that's just like, what's happened to him from being on the other end of that Groundhog Day situation and why it's affected him so much differently than it's affected Winona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an in interesting um, take there. And then something that I noticed there and then I, I noticed later on is uh, the use of the word Mishigas, which is Yiddish. And there's I like, was wondering about that. I didn't even attempt to say it because I'm like, I don't think <laughs> it doesn't even sound like they're saying it right. 
Uh, I think there's like two or three other references to like Yiddish words uh, mm-hmm. or uses of uh, Yiddish words in this episode. So that's, that, that's kind of funny. Uh, um, and then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this little quick little scene. Then we have next um, that there's an explosion at a mine. We don't know what mine or anything like that, but out of the smoke comes the woman in this crazy ass yellow, like astronaut weird character um, protective outfit and she rips off the mask and she says, come and get it, chosen one. And at that point, I'm like, motherfucker, who the hell is this now? Because it kind of looks like Jolene again. And I was like, is that, is it, is that Jolene? Is that the same character? Is that the same woman who played Jolene? No, but we'll talk about it when we get to her. Oh, okay. I mean, we're to her, but we don't know who she is yet. No. We're back at the sheriff's office and Waverly's going over her research. Uh, she's still wearing that Niagara Falls oven mitt uh, that I love so much. Um, and she says that, Kevin, do you, who is the woman who does this in the costumes? Yeah, they've got, a, um, they've got some folks, a couple different folks involved in that. Because I saw, I, I want to say I saw in one of the behind the scenes that like it was like, they specially made the mitt and it was like an homage to her hometown or something. That could be, that sounds familiar. Very honest. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I think Herpers sure were running to try it. to find that oven mitt. And I don't, I don't think I they, bet. yeah, I can't find it, but <laughs> I, I want to say I saw her. I'll, I'll have to do a deep dive later, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that she, she referenced that. Um, but anyway, so she's still wearing the oven mitt and she says that, Bolshar knows where the Garden of Eden is, and he's going. Uh, he's got the key to open it now. So he's got the tower, which I guess is the key. Um, and she's uh, she's just like, you know, we don't have shit. We've got nothing. He's got everything. Uh, and Jeremy's trying to cheer her up by just being Jeremy. And he's like, but look at these gams I've got here. Uh, I just love the word gams. It just cracks me up every time. Um, and Waverly's just all doomsday-ish, which is not typical Waverly. And she's like, yeah, well, it sucks that your gams are going to be destroyed by, by Bolshar's uh, uh, reign of evil. And what Jeremy's really trying to do is just say, like, don't give up hope, right? Here we've got hope going on again. Waverly's frustrated, and she just doesn't know what else she's missing and so jeremy suggests that they do a recap so they go back to the murder board um waverly recaps by uh saying okay we know that bolshar has some kind of power over the woods check he wants into the garden but why uh is it tree related and then the bible claims that there were two trees in the garden of eden the tree of life and the tree of knowledge um and then Waverly is very skeptical and she's like, and all of this is in purgatory. We don't even have an Ikea, which <laughs> we know what it's like to live in an Ikea-less city. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You haven't been made until you've gotten Ikea. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Bobo is banging on the glass saying that he wants out of this cage, but they clarify that uh, a cage has bars. This is more like a terrarium. And then Bob- Bobo just growls and says, he took her book. So again, Bobo knows things. He took her book. Mm-hmm. He took her book. He doesn't say he took, he just scrolls. He took her book. Okay. Why are you confused? Nothing. Go on. Well, also, we don't know if Bobo even knows what he's talking about at this point. Yeah, that's because true. His okay, brain true. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, fra- it's fragments. It's pieces of reality, but not always. 
you know, the reality. Yeah, brought together for the, for the rest of us outside of the terrarium to understand. <laughs> he's been um, through some things. He's been Casey. through some stuff. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, because I'm like, wait a second, he took her book. That, I don't get that. But anyway, so um, in that scene, though, he references the giving tree. Or no, um, Waverly references the giving train. I'm like, oh, there's another one. Like another reference that so many people wouldn't even get, like that book. But um, so we're back at the homestead and Winona gets out of the car, gets out of her car. What am I saying? She gets out of <laughs> Anne's favorite character, <laughs> the blue and white truck. And um, she hears a knocking, like a banging. And she goes to the barn thinking that it's Doc, but it's Charlie. And he's fixing a lawnmower because, fuck Christ, Charlie, it's the middle of winter and why not? So he he wants to get all flirty with Winona. And now suddenly I'm not liking Charlie. <laughs> Let me very You didn't like Charlie last time either. I know I didn't. But now he's just getting on my nerves. Like, Charlie, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, he's trying to get all flirty with her and she's not having it. And she's like, um, there's, we're 24 hours away from an apocalypse. So, and everyone is going to die. Um, and he tries to like joke about it and he's like, well, that's, that's all fine. But if they don't, we're going to need someplace to have a picnic. And then Winona kind of like, you could just see her just kind of lose it, not lose it, but everything it looks like catches up to her and she just goes in for a hug and it's her being, being really super vulnerable at that moment. And he tries to talk to her and she's like, could you just shut up? I just want to flip and hug dude. Like that's it. And um, don't talk, just, just hug me. I just need to be comforted for five seconds. And you're the guy that's standing in front of me and you're the guy who's going to comfort me right now. And, and, it, I'm, and it's so yeah. un like, right. Yeah. So it's like, dude, if you knew anything about her, just be quiet and hug her. But yeah. he does because he's just Charlie. <laughs> well, it's also so out of character for Winona. I mean, how often does she just ask for a hug? Right. Yeah. So. Oh man, would I just give her the biggest hug ever? <laughs> but I also. Well, you'll get a chance to it at Papalooza. Excuse me. But I also thought you mentioned a little earlier, Casey, about some lines and things from when you were younger. I think mm -hmm. there's, you know, because uh, it certainly hit for me in this scene. There's, a, there's one of those. Uh, Winona's saying, smoke them if you got them. I mean, we don't hear that nowadays. Oh, yeah. right. No, you don't. <laughs> All right, you don't. People are like, no, don't smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely dating ourselves a bit there by, oh, yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and he's like, yeah, I, I don't got them. But yeah, he's like, he's like just he's known her a very short time, but even he knows like this is uncharacteristic behavior for her. And he's like trying to make jokes because he's like, that's usually what we do. We usually do this back and forth. I'm not really sure what to do with this. Yeah, I know, now. but still at the same point, like, wouldn't you just like, you can tell from every, the little bit that he does know of her and looking at her face and just hearing her speak. It's like, stop pushing it, dude. Like just lay off for a second. She's going through some shit. Stop talking about having a picnic. You know what I mean? Like, duh. So then we're um, back at BBD and Bobo says, uh, like he's saying doc doc and jeremy's there and he says oh doc but you're maybe boyfriend i feel you son and bobo asked um says to ask doc about a witch and so winona's right there 
trying to have this conversation with Bobo. And um, he says that her name is Juan Carlo. And Waverly's like, come on, dude. No, like, don't you remember? That's the father. And Bobo said, no, Juan Carlo said that they were wrong. He defended her when no one else did. They didn't care. They never cared. He's coming right to the flats, right to the flats. And just then Hot walks in wondering what's happening. And Jeremy says, oh, it's just Bobo flipping the flip out. And Hot says um, she could flip him in the flippers or balls. Or did you want me to kick him in the balls? Never mind. And she kind of puts that down. And Waverly finds a picture then on that murder board of Juan Carlo. And there's a woman in it. And she turns it over. And there's the word Maeve that her, her name Maeve written on it. So she asks uh, Nicole to go find doc and ask who this person is. So then we're back at the bar and we've got Charlie and Winona and um, Charlie's thinking that Winona has been avoiding her. And she's like, I've kind of been a little busy. And um, he just uh, says, well, if anyone was to get cold feet about all this weird shit, he thought maybe it would be him. And then Winona goes on to summarize her whereabouts as being stuck in a booby-trapped house with a vampire, a demon, and an overdramatic douche in a fur coat. Oh, so this is where she explains that Bolshar turned people into trees and used their root system to find the garden, as in the garden, um, which she says is pretty ingenious, actually, which he's like, are you rooting for the bad guy here? And it kind of reminded me of like when you watch silence of the lambs how like you know you're not supposed to root for hannibal lecter but he's just so smart and he's so good at it you're kind of like good on you dude like you're <laughs> really good at being bad right right <laughs> just kind of like kudos because you're actually really good at this bullshit but fuck you at the same time um and she says that he's winning and she doesn't really know what her options are at the minute and then we hear a car pull up and a car door close. And Charlie's like, we should really go see who that is. Do you have your magic gun ready? And that's when she tells him that she gave it to her mortal enemy. But to be fair, it was a re-gift. And she storms outside to yell at the person who arrives at the homestead in a smart car in the middle <laughs> of winter. What? They could have like on an SUV or what? <laughs> so she goes from the mine to like enterprise rental, gets a smart <laughs> car, and makes like it through what's the, snow. the worst car? What's the worst possible car that could ever get through the snow? I'll probably have to pick it up and move it halfway, like over the snow. She would have been better off in a toboggan. Like, come on. <laughs> We've all driven in snow. We know. Um so anyway, uh, she, she yells at the person. Uh, she's like, no gun. Winona says no. And then she grabs a beer bottle, breaks it, and goes after this stranger who immediately does like a Jedi throat punch to her. And mm. then Charlie catches Winona and is like, who the hell are you now? And the woman says, I'm Kevin, and I'm going to help you save the world, Erp. And Winona says, next time, lead with that. Um, Kevin is played by Anna Silk. Kevin, do you have anything to say about this character? <laughs> oh, I have lots to say. <laughs> <gasps> you, you tell us everything. What? Tell me. <sighs> well, first off, just for fun, going back at one point, um, when you folks first started the podcast, uh, Casey, at one point you asked me which character I identified with, and I told you you're going to have to wait a while to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Ta-da. Um, you know, really? 
Well, if you, if, if you are so blessed to have a character named after you on your favorite TV <laughs> show, it's kind of hard not to make that the identification of a lot. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, we were um, back in this episode aired in September, 2018. I think it was um, back in the spring in April of that year, there was a convention, a fairly new convention in the second year called Clexicon. Um, it's a convention that focuses on the LGBTQ fandom and, and uh, actors and uh, folks, uh, you know, very much there that folks identify with and appreciate. And um, Lost Girl is a TV show uh, that many folks know, of which Anna Silk was the lead, playing Bo Dennis there. And that's a oh. show that uh, the showrunner here, Emily Andrus, was the showrunner on Lost Girl for a couple of seasons. Um, and it's a... a, a, a just an amazing show. It's a great show, great cast. Got a lot of things like Earp in the sense of a great uh, group of people, um, you know, really standing for what's right, doing it in the face of, you know, unbelievable odds and so forth. Um, so I was at that convention along with many Earpers because uh, Dom and Kat were going to be there uh, as guests, but they also had several folks from Lost Girl. So they had a Lost Girl panel. Uh, Emily Andrus is the showrunner, was there. Anna Silk, this new character. Zoe Palmer, who plays Jolene is also on Lost Girl. She was there. Rachel Scarston, who played Eliza way back in season two for that one-off episode. Um, oh, wow. In her underwear. So, you know, Emily has said she'd love to get a lot of the Lost Girl cast on when and her, but they were doing a panel talking about Lost Girl. And at, at one point, um, Emily talked about how she had convinced Rachel and Zoe to come on the show at some point. And then she teased that, hey, there might be another Lost Girl cast member coming on the show. So Anna jumped in and said, yes, I was in Calgary filming, you know, and everybody got excited. Hey, Anna looks going to be on. Why not? This is awesome. And as the audience kind of died down, cheering a little bit, um, Emily popped in and kind of said to Anna, oh, do you want to tell folks what your character name is? And Anna said, sure. My character's name is Kevin. And I'm there in the audience. And she says that. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice coincidence. And, and there's like 20 people, Herper friends around me who look at me and go, is, is she named after you? And I'm like, I have no idea. There's no way that's real. <laughs> that couldn't be. This is just a nice coincidence. And then immediately after the panel, as we're going off to something else, I happened to run into Emily. She was heading to her autograph table. And I hadn't seen her yet at the convention. Just real quick, a hug. And she's like, great to see you. Oh, I got to run. Hope it's okay. I named Anna Silk after you. Shut up right now. I just about passed out on the convention room floor. <laughs> no fucking way. And didn't she keep going too? Like, oh yeah, she, she was just like, I, she dropped this like, bomb and like, going. yep, got to go to my table. Uh, see you later, bye. <laughs> Kevin's oh there my God, I thought she was joking when you said that. No. No. <laughs> no, I just about... I, I, again, I was dumbfounded. I, I had, you know, that was just amazing. And then when she got to her table, a couple of my friends who were there in the autograph line said she said to everyone who was standing there, yes, so one has to ask, yes, I did name it after our Kevin. <gasps> so she confirmed it. <laughs> uh, it was just dumbfounded, absolutely dumbfounded. And then, you know, when, <laughs> when the episode aired, she did an interview, as she often does with them. Um, Bridget Lesheski at the TV Junkies, where they review the episode, and Bridget asked her, hey, you know, that's a strange name, you know, for, for the Anna Soul character. And, you know, Gamley is just so amazing. She just said, yes, it's a tribute 
to Kevin Batchelder, who's done so much for the show, and he loves the oh Earp sisters so much. You know, I knew he'd appreciate it. But also, as we'll hear later on, you know, this character also dropped some bombshells on the Earp sisters. But so, oh my God, that is so fucking cool. <laughs> I just duh 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 duh. It's speechless doesn't describe it. <laughs> Doesn't, and doesn't then you probably like go up to people and be like, "Yeah, um, that character is <laughs> named after me," and people are like, "Screw you, dude! No, it's not." It's just, like, <laughs> it's just amazed doesn't even begin to, to cover it. <laughs> and and the, the the topper talking about her Palooza for you folks coming up in her Palooza 2019, Anna was a guest. So oh, when she was there, uh, you know, uh, Bonnie and I, the podcast co-host, got to meet her, and we were moderating panels, and. Um, got to tell her about the whys of the naming. So she didn't know, you know, why. And then, you know, when she was at the con, she saw me and uh, moderating panel. She's like, okay, now I get it. Okay. This makes sense. So, and it was great. I, I had a photo op with her a <laughs> professional photo op. And what, as I did is I had two signs made up one sign with each of them had an arrow. One said, this is Kevin. And the other sign said, this is Kevin. We each held the signs <laughs> up to each other. So, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> so we had fun with it and she's wonderful so yeah it was, oh my god that is so flipping cool i can't stand it I, what more could you, you ask always have the best stories Kevin. <laughs> i am so blessed i'll keep my i'll keep my ears open in season five for when there's a casey <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like a donkey maybe way in the background maybe there'll be a casey someday <laughs> but you know it's also one little story too that to, to cap this off and, and you folks can appreciate it i think now i know and Cannon, you are Casey, just with how amazing this cast is, the entire cast, top to bottom, along with Emily. When we had Dom on our podcast for our season three interview after the season had finished, and then just out of nowhere, you know, just a quick pause and questions, Kevin, what did you think about Anna Silk and, and having a character named after you? We were talking about it on set, and I, that must have been just awesome. So the fact that, that Dom stopped to ask me about it and that they would actually talk about it, yeah. Again, just knock me over with a feather again. No shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I don't even I, know. I, oh, God. I don't even know. I'm so glad you brought up um, the interview that Emily had with Bridget because um, I wanted to to read the, Emily's answer. I wanted to quote the whole thing because it was just, it was so sweet. Um, again, it's, it's from Bridget's interview on the TV Junkies, September 21st, uh, 2018. And um, Bridget says, Kevin's a pretty strange name for an Anna Silk character, though. So where'd that come from? And Emily says, Kevin is a tribute to our favorite Kevin Batchelder, co-host of the Winona Earp podcast, and who has been one of the voices behind the Winona Earp fandom. He's just the loveliest and most supportive person. Also, he loves the Earp sisters more than anyone in the entire world. So it feels like a bit of a cruel trick to make his name be the person who has to tell the Earp sisters to make this sacrifice. But I also knew it would mean so much to him. I really wanted a gender neutral name and even a gender neutral character with Anna Silk, to be honest. So of course what better name is there than kevin we love you real life kevin <laughs> oh that is awesome. the sweetest that is so sweet yeah. what an honor my god i'd be so, telling everybody that'd be on my license plate i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm kevin so yeah uh, so kevin reached out uh, about a month ago and was like if my math is right you'll be doing this episode about this time what do you think about having me come back and i was like 
oh, do you mean for 310 because of a certain <laughs> someone? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, we wouldn't do it without you. Of course, we're no going to have you on. No shit. Oh, my God. Did you, did you make any connection when it was Kevin? Did you think no, that it was Kevin? It's funny because no, I thought to myself, well, that's a funny name. That's so funny, too, that Kevin's going to be on, on that episode. <laughs> I never she'd make the connection. <laughs> why would I ever though? Why would I ever think like, oh, they named the character after Kevin? Like, I would never have thought of that. Like, I just thought that's a funny name for that. Okay, and that's funny that Kevin's gonna be a. Huh. Wow. Anyway, you still wouldn't have got it, huh? Yeah, welcome. Yeah, same thing here. When when she first said it, I mean, very honestly. She, when Anna said it, I just thought, oh, that's a nice coincidence. <laughs> right, yeah. There's no like, way I would pull that together. Huh. Yeah. No, not in one million yeah. years. I would have been like, hmm. <laughs> that's weird. Where's that? Um, does anybody have that pepperoni pizza left? Oh, no. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, it's Kevin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get to Kevin's shenanigans. So we're at Shorty's. You want to take it? case yeah so we're at shorties and um first thing i noticed is that doc is in a short sleeve shirt and i'm not loving it um but he's buying blood off of his vet contact um it happens to be in a paper bag it looks like something you know hardcore is going down and which i mean i suppose it is it's blood that he's going to eat but um he starts like drinking it right behind the bar again this show has no sense of Maybe somebody will see you. Maybe something is going to, you know, what, it's it's on or behind the bar. It, he could have walked in the back room. But anyway, Hot walks in the bar then and catches him with blood all over his face. Like, he he doesn't wipe it off. It's just all over his face. It's like he just was mm, drinking blood out of a bag. And Hot um, is like, man, that's gross. Don't tell me what that is. And uh, why can't Kate help you with that? And Doc is like, well, she's gone. She's, um, you know, totally gone. And Hot brings out the picture that she has that um, what Waverly gave to her. And right away, Doc knows that's Maeve Pearlie. Hot explains that there's something about Maeve having a book that she kept for Juan Carlo. And Doc says that he's going to take Hot to the Pearlie homestead. And he explains that, um, oh, by the by, I'm like hella crazy hungry. And I don't want you to... Um, get hurt because of this. I don't want to do something to you. So I'm going to give you my gun to protect yourself. And hot is like, no, no, keep your gun. I'm already, I'm one step ahead of you. And she has a thing, a gun or like a cartridge or something. I don't know. What that, I, don't know what that I think they call the magazine. Oh, a magazine with um, wooden bullets. And he's like, okay, we're good. Thanks for, you know, doing that. And she's, like yeah i'm all set which i thought was funny because she's always all set she has the bag with the um axe thing in it she's like always ready to roll no matter what she's got the tools she's total boy scout mm -hmm. um did you notice too that uh mave pearly is of maddie and greta pearly yes 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 she's yes. related to the blacksmith mm -hmm. and um but I can't remember what Greta's witch name was. Iron, um, Iron Witch. Oh yes, Iron Witch. Witch. Um, and so, and I think later on they call Maeve the Fire Witch. Um, but so yeah, so and I like too there how Doc is kind of like he has a grin on his face, so he's kind of like 
thankful. He's already worrying about this situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like he knows he's out of control and he doesn't want to hurt hot. And he seems like grateful that she will do whatever she needs to do to make sure that he doesn't hurt her. Mm -hmm. Um, It just shows their friendship there. And I really kind of like that scene, even though it's very uncomfortable. Um, And they were back at the homestead. And good old Kevin is telling Winona and Charlie that she is a representative of a long line of ambassadors tasked with looking over the balance in the world. And Winona makes fun of her name. And she's like, and your name's Kevin. And um, <laughs> uh, she's sassy like Winona too. So they both got this sass, right? And Kevin's like, did I stutter? Um Kevin goes on to say that she can only watch, she um, can only observe and record, but she can't participate. But these are desperate times. And then Winona says something interesting here. She says, well, no kidding. I just spent months in a demon run alt reality prison. Yeah. Which I didn't catch that before. So I was like, so for her and Doc, the ordeal took months, but for everyone else, it was no time at all. Or does she just think it took months because of all the hash marks she did? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I was just like, oh, that's interesting. And now I'm catching everything when it's they they mention any sort of time frame. I'm always like, oh, Anne would say, well, now we have a time reference, a reference. (laughs) (laughs) It's my thing, Uh, along with Twizzlers. But so then Kevin questions uh, how she's going to go up against the beast with no training, no blade and dressed like that. So she's just like totally picking on what she's wearing. Um, Kevin's like, I know of a weapon that can stop this beast. And um, she's like, are you for real? Because you drink too much and you couldn't find your ass with a map. (laughs) Why not a jokes? I don't know. Where is it? (laughs) Uh, She's literally their only hope. And um, Winona's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. I think Kevin gets pissy saying, you know, look, I took a big risk coming out here. um, And her bosses, the men folk, do not think Winona deserves this weapon, nor can she wield it. But um, she's pretty sick of their boy bullshit. Um, And Winona's like, I'm pretty sure that if you weren't such a douchebag, we could hang. (laughs) There's a lot of douchebag talk in this episode, which was funny because I mentioned douchebag last week. Last time. (laughs) So weird. And it's no surprise that, uh, or it's no surprise when Kevin says that this will come at a price because it always does, right? That's always what we hear is like, oh, it's going to, what's this going to cost us? Mm -hmm. Um, And she really wishes Winona would change her pants and Winona still refuses. Kevin says it's times like these that she really wishes she could force people to do things. And um, she's like, but I can't talk about this anymore with Charlie in the room. So she's got to get rid of this dope. Um, He's really weird there too. Cause he was just like talking with his mouth full and yeah, using his like mouth when he's trying to throw peanuts. peanuts in there. Yeah. He was just a real dope. And um, then Winona summons him to the porch for a chat. Right. Winona takes Charlie up to the porch where um, Charlie's like, you know, you don't even know who she is. She's just some weirdo woman who shows up and she's um, and she start- he starts going over all the stuff that he's done for her. He's killed psychos, babysat her vampire ex-boyfriend, yanked the arm off a zombie witch for her. And she says, yeah, that was all helpful and all, but um, he's going to have to scoot his boots out of there. And Charlie's like, um, I don't get it. He doesn't understand what's happening. And Winona's like, well, it's not about you, Charlie. God. 
You were texting me. You were so agitated with him at this point. You were like, what is his problem? He's being possessive. Yeah. He's totally him. No, not one single bit. And um, Charlie goes, well, when is it going to be about me? Shut the fuck up, dude. And Winona's like, for real? Like, I'm trying to stop an apocalypse. And um, she goes, stop being needy. She tells him to press pause on this and then resume the butt hurt song and dance after she's off. She offs Bullshar. Does that make sense? And Charlie's like, yeah, we can definitely press pause on this. And then he walks off. And then Winona yells after him, Charlie, you can for sure mow my lawn in the spring if we even get to spring. And that reminds me of, you know, the old Chandler Bing thing. Like he can't break up with anybody. And he's like, well, okay, call me. It's like, no, just let him freaking walk off. He's a weirdo, dude. Slip Pickens in purgatory. It doesn't matter. She's fine. She doesn't need him being all like bossy and possessive and creepy. Don't what is interesting? Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Well, he was, was too much. Well, you know, you know why Nona by now. She keeps her distance, and and you know, for him, he's trying to read her. Is he a boyfriend? Is he a boy toy? Is what is he? And and you know, she runs the gambit and. Just like what, 10 minutes earlier, she's asking for hugs and totally emotionally opening up. And now she's basically showing him the door. So he's, he's kind of, wow. he's kind of reacting, you know, possessive is the right word. Yeah. And we have two extremes. We have like doc who's like, seems like he's not emotionally available at all times. And then, you know, they both keep each other at a distance. And then you have Charlie, who's like more than willing to like buy a cottage in the woods and settle down with her. It's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool, but big extremes. Then uh, we're back inside. Uh, we're in the kitchen, and Kevin's just helping herself to the fridge. Like, who does that <laughs> in somebody else's house? There's like five houses I would do that in. But no, Kevin's come from the middle of nowhere, and she's just chomping on the pickles, um, which looked like really good pickles. Yeah, they did look like the. I wouldn't. I probably would have out had one. Yeah. I mean, but how would she have known they were in there unless she just helped herself to the fridge? But anyway, like you wouldn't um, look in somebody's fridge if you had the opportunity. There's nobody in that house. That'd be like you saying, oh, I wouldn't look in their medicine cabinet. You would. I don't you know if I would look in the fridge. Though. I would have looked in the fridge. You might have looked, but would you touch it? Right? Would I be like, oh, by the by, just <laughs> eating a Claus and dill here. Um, so then as she closes the fridge door, Waverly standing there like, who the fuck is this in the kitchen eating our pickles, right? Um, and she asks where Winona is. Uh, turns out uh, she got dragged outside by Mr. Flame. And then um, I almost called her Anna. Um, Kevin says, hey, does your boyfriend tell you what to do too? And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend. And then Kevin says, is it the bang? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Waverly. She keeps talking shit about her bangs. Is it the bang? Um, she's just so sassy. And then Winona returns to the room and Waverly's like, who is the mysterious pickle eater? What is she doing here? Um, and then that's when she finds out she's from a mysterious bunch of world savers. And Waverly's like, and you believe her? Um, Winona's like, that's a good point, but we are running out of options. And my gun is gone. And she's got a lead on a weapon that can take down Bolshar. And then Kevin chimes in and says, she's like chomping at a pickle. It's a magical arm, um, <laughs> which they just kind of both look at her like, what the heck is going on? And then she tells him to pull up a pickle because this is going to get good. <laughs> <laughs> then we're back in the pearly home and Doc explains that um, the people that people think that Maeve was 
Oh, which it's Doc actually and Hot sitting in the truck. Um, and Doc's explaining that people think thought that Maeve was a witch who um, she actually lived alone and wrote in books all day and would not speak to men. And Hot is like, well, that sounds like my kind of woman. And Doc goes on to say that she helped women with women things like childbirth or not having children, stuff like that. Um, but the mob came just before Wyatt shot Bolshar and they burned her at the stake. Mm-hmm. As many witches had the bad fate of. <laughs> We're back at the homestead. <laughs> We're back and forth. We're back and forth. Kevin's explaining that Bolshar's severed arm is still back at the mine. She looked, but she didn't grab it because that would be interfering. Um, Winona was hoping that the weapon would be more like a flamethrower. And Waverly chimes in, maybe a ride on one with cup holders. And Winona's like, yeah, and with heated seats. Waverly wants a hula girl on the dash. They're just really getting into this adventure here. Um, And Kevin can't believe that these two idiots um, are the ones who are going to save the day, right? Um, She's like, no, just the arm and only the champion can retrieve it. And then they'll synthesize it into a weapon to defeat him. My nana's like, well, this is about as as logical as using people as trees. And then Waverly's like, well, you know, the mine's really unstable. Um, it could collapse. Um, but they're totally both in it, right? They're like, Waverly's chomping at the bit because you know how she loves to get involved in like all the fun adventures. Um, and Kevin's like, you girls are really going to do this, huh? And Winona yells, don't be pushy, Brian Breath. And Waverly's just like, whispering please just pleading with Winona because she really wants to go on this adventure and um she's like yeah we're gonna go on this uh, adventure and then she says ride or die and then they walk on and then Kevin's like my money's on die and that's when I was really pissed with Kevin because I'm like don't bet against the Earp sisters Kevin never do never do never Mm -mm. well that threw me off because I was like wait a second is she really there to help him or Mm -hmm. is she like setting him up for death you know what i mean i was gonna say i think kevin is used to dealing from the looks of it with certainly much more traditional doing my quotes champions mm-hmm. and and you got sassy winona and and waverly and her bangs and she's like great this is the this is the time i decided to you know go against the men folk and and try to find someone to help us and this is what i get <laughs> my league of ragtag yeah. women is this really how, how we're gonna push the women's movement forward in this <laughs> situation she'd get wonder woman instead she got these two yeah <laughs> bangs and the, and the fuzzy jacket and high heels and unable to and find her ass or drinks too much yeah yeah <laughs> waverly in her muppet coat yeah. <laughs> so then we are back at the Pearly house and Doc and Hot are going in the house and they realize that it's empty, that Greta's not there. It's freezing cold. Um, her car's not there. Her boots aren't there. So obviously she's gone, daddy gone. And they decide that if they're going to have to hang out there, they're going to, um, and find the book that they're going to have to start a fire. So Doc throws a match into the fire. And as soon as he does this fire, just like up and the crazy ass screaming starts and a voice says, how dare you enter my home? Then Doc fi- um, grabs a fire pokery thing. It's very technical. And <laughs> fire pokery. Isn't it a fire poker? Whatever. It's a fire and, poker, yeah. Um, says that Maeve Pearly. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even going to try. Maeve Pearly. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to do your Doc? 
I can't. I've tried. Okay, you do better. You do a better dog than I. You and Ann do a better dog than I. <laughs> Not me. I've lost my whole ability to do it. I can't do it anymore. I'm even a, I've even practiced in my bathroom. I, I um, got. I got to say, the running out of road one had me like <laughs> falling <laughs> off my chair. Listen, to you folks, running out of <laughs> I can't hear peaches without thinking of that episode anymore. But, and it's so funny because whenever Doc gets like worked up, that's the voice that he uses. So every time I hear it, I'm like, like in my mind trying to do it. And I'm like, I can't. Um, so anyway, so Doc grabs the fire poker and, and Maeve Pearly and says Maeve Pearly. And uh, introduces himself as John Henry Holiday, and Maeve says, "Oh, you're Wyatt Earp's boyfriend." And they, the camera goes to hot, and she like looks like, "Oh, oh," and <laughs> and um, Doc kind of side eyes hot and is like, "Uh, yeah, fine, okay." So anyway, so <laughs> kind of skips. She over. says what we've all been thinking this whole time, Maeve. Probably. Right. <laughs> so he, um, he. he says that you know did you keep a, a journal of juan carlos and the world is coming to an end and mave is like oh boohoo i don't care i'm locked in this fire for eternity nobody no boys no booze and hot tells doc to stand down she's going to try to communicate with her like you know as a woman and but instead of communicating as hot is kind of crouching down by the fire the fire goes out and it's very apparent that Maeve had jumped into Hot's body and right then before our eyes Hot transforms into Maeve and she is one sassy girl <laughs> yeah her performance is amazing in this in this whole episode mm -hmm. where she goes into Maeve it's insane um, and we're back into the mine and Waverly and Winona have just gotten there and they're talking about their game plan and how they're going to find the arm. And Winona's like, yeah, yeah, it's easy, breezy, tequila, squeezy. And Waverly's like, yeah, that's not how that goes. <laughs> and she's like, um, she says she won't take that from someone wearing an oven mitt. And then Waverly guy, like goes on about how this is a precaution. Winona's like, well, that's fugly. And this is like... Um, this is when she kind of finds out about this whole situation with Mercedes because she's like, uh -huh. well, it's the only one Mercedes had. And Winona is like just hearing about her for the first time. And she's like, well, how's her face? And Waverly says, what face? Yeah. Um, and Winona makes a note that, um, you know, once they're done with this whole apocalypse situation, she'll go over, she'll make her regneck reg margaritas, and she'll buy her a dress, with, a dress with pockets. And I was like, pockets, pockets, pockets. pockets. <laughs> it was my favorite murder. Pockets, pockets, pockets. Um, and then she says another Yiddish term. She's like, and she'll plots. Um, yeah. And then we hear this loud, like, screaming, screeching squeal come from the mine. Did you look up what a, what a redneck margarita was? I did originally, but I didn't this time. I don't remember what it is. Did you look you it up? Know what it is, Kevin? No, I don't. Oh, me neither. <laughs> oh, now I have to ask Google. <laughs> hey, Google, what's a redneck margarita? I can search the web for that. No, that's Just what I tap the search chip below. What's a what's a redneck margarita? I can search the web for that. Oh my gosh! Just tap the search chip below. Oh my god! Search chip. I don't, I maybe it updated or something. No, we'll have to look it up later. Um, we don't know what it is. Oh, I have it. You got it? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you put it in a red Solo cup. 
And it's com- you combine limeade, concentrate, beer, and Sprite, and a lot of tequila, which I've actually had this now that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like lime, Kool-Aid, Sprite, and tequila? Mm-hmm. And beer. No, beer is the main, oh, beer also. The main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I was going to say, it doesn't sound horrible. No. It sounds okay. better than banana liqueur. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't we'll make this next anti- week. Yeah. Ooh, yummy. Okay. I wouldn't make a note. Um, you know, against having them. They're good. <laughs> also, I thought it was funny too that at the so at the end of that where there was a scream, mm-hmm. the sisters like didn't even react. They didn't even have a surprised look on their face. They didn't have they didn't like step back and were like, oh my god, nothing. They just were like, mm, okay, there's something. I guess we're at our destination. Oh, this is it. Um, we're back at the Burley house and Doc's insisting that Maeve gets out of hot and Maeve, who I shipped. <laughs> you shipped her with who? Hot. Okay. So, so Maeve it's... and hot together as a ship is, I don't think anyone's ever done this before. You're hitting a new territory. Have. <laughs> for hot and mave that's pretty good on the fly i mean that's pretty good yeah you're getting really good not my thing but i'm i'm practicing (laughs) hashtag have so have um has a sassy look in her eyes and she says that she knows that doc is undead and she it's going to make things easy for her because she's going to need a fresh body to move into um so her idea is for doc to kill hot so um, Maeve can stay in her body. She is, oh God, Hot's acting in this is just so, I mean, not Hot's acting, but, um, you know, she just is amazing in this, in this um, whole scene, in this whole character. So she cuts her finger to entice Doc to bite her and she kind of runs the blood over her neck. And she says that if she does, she's going to give, if, if he does this, um, she's going to give him the book and tell him how to defeat Bolshar. Mm-hmm back at the mine explosion screaming guy waverly gets her gun ready while winona's like what was that a yeti a porg um a whole bunch of puppies wearing a trench coat (laughs) you know like in the in the cartoons when they're all stacked up on top of each other to make it look like they're (laughs) grown-ups okay you know what's crazy is that I didn't even hear them say that. All I was concentrating, I watched this episode three times, and all I could see was the green hand. All, that's all I was concentrated in. I laughed so hard at the visual Dang of it. just a bunch of, I pictured corgis just stacked up on top oh. of each other wearing a hat and a trench coat trying and to be a man. Trench coat. I was oh. laughing so hard. It's the little thing sometimes. Um, and then Waverly remembers that this used to be a uranium mine back in the day and that her guess mm-hmm. is that this is a radioactive rev. Um, and then he does this crazy screeching and he's got the one weird <sighs> hand. And Winona's like, how come it's never puppies? It's oh, never puppies. it's never. <laughs> oh, Season five, puppies. <laughs> We're back at the Pearly House where Doc is about to bite um, Maeve's hot's neck and he catches himself and she starts saying that she can't stay in there much longer she starts like twitching around and stuff or something and um that he's gonna need to fetch her a new corpse if he wants that book and oh by the by he's gonna have to kill that person right in front of her so there's not organ failure Mm -hmm. and he's like fuck that shit get on my friend's body Mm -hmm. she's like 
make me. She's such a naughty, sassy. Yeah, it's just so fun to see her in that role, too. Mm-hmm. And then we're back at the sheriff's office. Robin and Jeremy are sitting down for lunch and they're just like inhaling French fries. And Robin is like, this is my payback for, and I just eat a bunch of potatoes for like that whole potato situation. Oh um, my God. I'm such a fucking idiot. But you missed that part. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought he just meant junk food. <laughs> <laughs> these, I are, thought he just... <laughs> these are the gems that when they hit you, either from a friend telling you or on a rewatch, this is when you just roll your head back and laugh and realize there is so much, there is so much of these episodes. Right. In 45 minutes, it's just packed in there. Yeah. God, now that we, okay. Jeremy asks him if he's feeling better now. And he's like, yeah, but I did cough up a blueberry the other day, but it's just because his blender is a piece of shit, I guess. Um, And then Jeremy's phone rings and he sees that it's doc. And he's like, if this is doc, I don't want to talk to you, but he talks to him anyway, because doc tells him about hot. And of course he's going to come to the rescue for that. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're back at the mine with a demon and Waverly and Winona are are obviously still there. And Waverly is shooting at the demon, which is just kind of pissing him off. Um, And he walks like this weird revenant, slow demon walk toward them. And Waverly realizes that oh my gosh thank goodness that i've done all this research and i was going back over it and everything because guess who that is that's one arm clint and he was trapped in this radioactive mine um because of some shit that went down and winona looks and she's like yeah but this guy has two arms that's two armed clint (laughs) and then that's when they realize that oh shit that arm that's bullshar's arm Mm -hmm. that's when they need And then Jeremy shows up at the Pearly house and uh, Doc's glad to see him. But Jeremy makes it clear that he's only there for hot, not for Doc. And um, but he just can't help himself. He has to compliment Doc's shirt (laughs) at the end of the day. He can't be mad at Doc, right? Love your shirt. Darn it. (laughs) Mm, Still mad at you. Um, And then Maeve is like sitting on the couch and she's just holding a pair of scissors to Hot's hair and wondering if uh, this is her natural color and if she should give her a pixie cut. And then she pulls her shirt open, exposing her bra. And she's like, look, copper's down with Victoria's secret. And then Doc and Jeremy both shield each other's eyes uh, out of respect for hot. And um, Jeremy's like, what are you doing? (laughs) He doesn't understand what's happening. And um, then Maeve starts sniffing at Jeremy, sizing him up. And then she jumps into his body. And then hot's back in her body and aware of it and she's like what the heck is happening to my shirt and starts frantically buttoning it up um and then Maeve starts freaking out in Jeremy's body um and Doc's like don't get used to it that's not your new body you're not staying in there and she's like yeah you're right because I need something purely human you know his body's not um pure enough for her and then she jumps back into hot's body and then she also takes this opportunity to tell doc that you know jeremy does not like you very much right now so apparently she can hear the thoughts too while she's in there um and jeremy's like how do we even know she has this journal and then all of a sudden she just starts coughing up something in her mouth and she pulls out a piece of paper and throws it at them Oh God, that's so gross. Anytime something like that happens and so like paper come, Oh God, gross. So then we're at the mine and um, the dude has reached the girls and Wynonda decides that she's going to take him down by attacking him with her keys. And she shoves the key. In his neck. 
but he since he's radioactive she actually gets a burn and realizes that she can't touch him and when the keys went in his neck they melted off so now they have no keys oh is that why they walked i'm like why didn't they just drive but i thought it's because she didn't want to take the keys out of his neck oh yeah no they were they it looked like they melted off do you think that kevin yes yeah deformed or in some way just yeah yeah. I was like, well, maybe she just couldn't grab him again because she'd sizzle again. But um, so not only did he, she get like this burn on her, but she also gets like radioactive poisoning, maybe or something. Mm, she passes out. She passes out. Right. So obviously, um, we really took care of her. And now they're walking like turtle speed toward uh, town, which is like 10 miles away. And they say it's like the turtle race to death and Winona tries to talk Waverly into um, using her ring like to take this dude down but Waverly's like I don't even know how to use it and also I can't touch him and that's when they realize that there's a shortcut to the gardener mansion so that's what they're going to do and I thought that was really funny when she said that um, it was a turtle race to the death and now I'm going to use that all the time because my favorite thing and the my favorite phrase that I use a hundred times a week is um like a herd of turtles like we're coming like a herd of turtles like, we're, like our whole family is like a herd of turtles turtle race the i have a turtle well he's a tortoise and he's actually pretty fast i'm not nearly tortoises. as slow yeah they're fast he's pretty damn fast <laughs> i mean he doesn't run but like when he gets going um we're back at the sheriff's office and robin is in charge of watching bobo and he's just kind of listening to some jazz music i didn't really understand the whole nature of the scene and why we needed it quite honestly that's true um but well, I, robin's I, listening i, I think Go it's ahead. a bit showing you how we know we know that bobo again the data is there <laughs> the information right. is he just can't connect it he can't direct it when people have questions but oftentimes when you have folks that are very have some physical um, issues with their brain or other mental things. Sometimes music or something else gives you a foundation mm. to communicate. You think that's what made him finally like come back a Kinda, little bit? I, I think I think a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I get that now. I was like, I mean, it does show the like softer side of Bobo because. Um, you know, Robin's pointing the gun at him and he's like, you just want me to open the door, don't you? And Bobo's like, no, absolutely do yeah, not do, not do that. Door, right. Because <laughs> um, he could have like tried to convince him because Robin's pretty gullible. But he's like, no, that's I no, you shouldn't do that. Um, and then Bobo says that the problem with humans is that sometimes they make truly beautiful things. And Robin's like, you know what? I can't figure out if you're the good guy or the bad guy. And they just have this like music listening moment. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that's a, that. I think for us as viewers too, because we saw at the beginning of the episode, we saw Robert Swain, mm-hmm. Robert Swain. So, I mean, I think we're, they're showing us a little bit here, the, the flip back and forth between Robert Bobo, Robert Bobo, you know, Robert mm-hmm. was a good guy. Maybe he was into music and then every now and then, no, it's Bobo back. And then it's Robert back. And, you know, he just, oh, yeah. he can't keep in, in, right. in one, it's all flooding through him. How much yeah. of Bobo is bad and how much of him is good. Mm-hmm. That's true. I I also thought it was really creepy how he was listening to the music. Yeah. How he was just kind of really getting into it in a real creepy kind of way. Well, it's interesting <laughs> too how like how Bobo when he was Robert just seemed like a like a very gentle person. 
and like mm-hmm. soft spoken. And then you have this opposite where like Bobo's just like crass and mm-hmm. cuckoo. And I was wondering why they chose to put the earphones against the um the glass instead of just turning on the speaker. <laughs> but anyway. Um so we're back at the pearly house and now jeremy's reading the the journal page that came out of um mave's mouth and he says yeah it's real it even smells like horses and, and everything and doc wants mave to cough off the cough up the rest of the journal but she's like no not until you get me that corpse meaning hot's body and um then tempts doc again but doc isn't falling for it and jeremy says no doc doesn't bite my, his friends anymore um then hot's like well or Maeve is like well fine but i'm just gonna go burn the book and doc reminds her that she can't because she doesn't have a body so doc turns around and looks at the fireplace and jeremy like he's gonna search for the book because that must be where it's hiding so um jeremy grabs Maeve and says oh god please don't arrest me for this later and um Maeve makes a comment about how you know Jeremy can handle her or whatever and Doc finds the book and then um, Maeve says that she's going to shoot them you know like she she holds up the gun to them and um, then decides that she's actually going to shoot herself in the head and Doc's like well then what are you going to do go around with a hole in your head and Jeremy's like yeah I mean that would be a bad idea because your glasses would be crooked (laughs) and (laughs) then right then Maeve leaves Hot's body like almost as if um hot it it looked like to me that hot like pushed her out kind of i don't know yeah, it was a weird thing yeah um so then we're we're back to hot and she catches her breath and and they kind of confirm that it's hot and not mave anymore and doc tells jeremy to take the book back to bbd now like there's a lot of urgency in his voice and then suddenly this the fire starts up again and um they realize that they're in trouble and fire shoots out between the two of them yeah it kind of explodes um i like also in this scene when mave just like gets all crazy and she just yells give me this scarlet madonna and get the hell out of my crib because i just think of like that's old school too like calling Mm -hmm. a place your crib Mm -hmm. remember when you'd welcome to my crib you know mtv would come in and look in your fridge they'd look in the fridge yeah they'd be like because they're all they were all sponsored it was like it was like oh. almost like early you know youtube sponsory stuff i remember that show i loved the show but i, I loved that show too um but, but i have another question yeah so um in the one of these like back and forths between the guys um doc and jeremy doc mentions that mave is a teenage witch Mm-hmm. But then we saw Maeve at the beginning, and she definitely wasn't a teenager. And in that picture, she wasn't a teenager, but she talks like a teenager, like a current teenager, uses words and phrases like a current teenager. So what's the deal about that? I think she was a teenager. It's just that, like, I, I think she was young. But you know how back in the olden days, like, that was a mature woman back then. Like, people got married at that age. and. Started families and stuff. I see. Okay. What do you think, Kev? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an age thing because of how long ago it was. I mean, we saw her being very prim and proper when she was with Vaughn Collar and Robert, but that's only because she had to be. 
So then where did she learn all the, the current lingo? Just through being in the... Probably from reading those Victoria's Secret catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we read those. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, if she, if she was, you know, if she was hung and killed and she was somehow just without a body for so, so long, you know, she'd have to learn from whatever came in the mail. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, suppose. <laughs> yeah we don't know how that, really no yeah, Whatever was on a cable TV. So the cribs and, you know, everything all set. <laughs> okay. Like a right. ghosty, ghosty witch. I'm there. Don't pull the thread too hard. It all comes out. <laughs> at the gardener house, uh, uh, Winona and Waverly are at the door and Mercedes answered. And they're shocked to see her. And they're shocked to see that her face is 100% healed. Mm-hmm. And they both yell, your face. And she yells back all Mercedes, my freaking face. And when Winona tells her that she looks fine as hell. And Mercedes like, and you look less pregnant. And I loved this part so much because Winona laughs and she's like, oh, we're all doing so great. It's like, are we? Are we really? We're (laughs) just going to take a pause during this apocalypse and talk about how great we're all doing. Um, And then they're like, yeah, about that, let us in because uh, there's a badass demon following us. Okay. I love you so much. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Oh, we ran out of cereal. Okay. Oh, no, it's a disaster. Let's put this show into perspective. You could either have demons following you or you could have run out of cereal. Did you see her out show trying to show you her tears coming down? (laughs) End of the world. I have another parent at home with me currently, but I'm going to call you who's not here <laughs> and tell you we are out of cereal. Call 911. <laughs> Jesus. Now she should call Charlie in the fire truck who pulls up to the pearly house. <laughs> nice segue. Thank you. It was just a quick scene. Oh, that's nice. So the sisters yeah. are in the mansion and they're trying to block the door like with some chairs and shit. Like this guy's not going to be able to get through that. And Mercedes is telling Waverly like she's the one that fixed her face. She touched her and called her beautiful and there was a miracle. And um, when she said she touched her, Winona goes above the belt, right? Such a <laughs> <your> fetish. <laughs> <laughs> which I am a ginger and I'm not really sure what that means, but we don't have to talk about it. And um, Mercedes says that she doesn't know how it happened, but it was a miracle. And, and then of course the revenant breaks through the door because there's hardly anything and he's huge and massive and strong. And it was I, know, I was thinking they spent so much time trying to build a barricade that they could have just like ran out the back door at this point. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. And then I'm like, so they're just kind of like they they run away from the door, but they're both in the they're both in the room right there. Like Right there. They didn't get but seven feet from the door when the guy broke through. Well, I also so, don't think they really want to get away from him because they still need his arm. So it's like. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're not going to like let him just go and then they'd be SOL completely. Um, so the dude is like throwing the throwing Winona around and Winona is like, come on, we really just do something. Can you please like just try to hurt him with this? You're your ring and waverly's like i don't even know how to do it but he she tries and um she gets burned so the rev is kind of having their way uh, with the sisters and throwing around and choking him and whatever and then waverly attempts to hit him with a chair 
And that's when she realizes that the ring is actually controlling his hand. And it's kind of like a Wii. And she's really good at Wii. So she actually makes him choke himself. Um, and he dies. Um, or for a moment. And then the sisters at that point pull off the arm. Which just makes me gag. Because you got to... F- I wonder what it all felt like. Um, and then it's just laying in the middle of the room on the ground. And the sisters look completely spent and they slide to the ground against the wall. Um, and Winona goes, I'm never sick of being right. <laughs> I like when they make the funny joke too, where she's like, the arm is mine. Get it. And then Waverly picks up on the joke right away. And she's like, yeah, cause it was in a mind. Like they're just, I love them. They're so funny. Oh my God, I didn't even get that. Okay. <laughs> oh, for the love. I know. I'm really <laughs> off, I guess, on this one. I'm going to combine these two scenes because they're super fast. Uh, we're back at the Pearly House, and it's engulfed in flames at this point. And Doc is crawling, and um, Charlie comes in and drags him to safety and um, is checking on him. And Doc bites him. What the fuck? What were you thinking then? Me? Yeah. I was thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> could you enunciate text- more? What the fuck? <laughs> I should find, let me find my text messages from you. I shared some with Kevin with the last episode, but not this one. Oh, God. Uh, these I, are like my favorite parts. Oh, you said. <laughs> Who is this? Oh, wait, wait, I mean. Wait. You said, I'm watching 10. I cannot even with this show. And I'm like, I know it's so good. And you're like, what the fuck, Kevin? Charlie's overbearing and I'm not liking him at this moment. I mean, for fuck's sake, she has some stuff going on. And then you said, "Welp, I'm done. Nope. And then I'm like, where are you? Maeve just got sucked into Hot's body by the fire in the cabin. I'm telling you, I cannot with this show. <laughs> and then there's just a bunch of mean, angry face emojis. And then you're like, ah, is Doc biting Charlie? Mother of God, this is insanity. <laughs> and then, then she says, this is her final, you oh know, why did I sign up to do this damn episode at a time? <laughs> One episode at a time. <laughs> it's getting harder. And I, I was think- like, I know. I'm like, this is, it's only going to get harder from here on out. Maybe we should do two at a time. And you're like, that's not how we do it. <laughs> All right. Good for you, Casey. Thank you. Uh, God, um, you're trying to mix it up now. Uh, right. So then Doc bites him. And then we just, we'd leave that scene very quickly. Thank goodness. Um, and Kev, we're back at the gardener house and Kevin's like, All right. I'm impressed. Uh, I thought I'd be mopping up some herb goo at this point. And Wayne was like, all right, we passed your dumb test. Now, how do we use this arm against Bolshar? And it turns out, uh, spoiler alert, the arm was not the weapon at all, which is a big downer. And Winona goes off and she's like, you know what? I have proved myself time and time again. And Kevin's like, here's the thing. She used her gifts and passed the trial. And now, um, we know that what Mercedes said is true, that a miracle really did happen. And Waverly is the one, the champion. I was confused when she said what Mercedes said was true. How does Kevin know what Mercedes said? How does Kevin know anything? How did Kevin know that there was like stuff going on? And also, it's really weird that we're talking about Kevin and Kevin is right there. (laughs) 
I know. I love every second of it. When I say, what the fuck, Kevin? It's like, am I talking about Kevin, Kevin, or Kevin? I'm occasionally having to mute myself because I'm just giggling every time I say Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. It Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Was she, she wasn't there for that conversation about being the, um, what she said about performing a miracle, but. hmm. But remember going back to when Kevin first introduced herself, um, she talked about being a long line of ambassadors tasked with um, looking after the balance in the world. So they oversee everything. Oh, yeah. Always watching. Always seeing. Big brother. Mm-hmm. She's just with the job. government. They're just always watching. I would love that. <laughs> She's got her phone tapped. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so we are. Oh, also, before we go on to the next one, I love Waverly's face when she says that. She, it's almost like she's giddy and excited, but like, holy shit. And like all of these things, like she I'm captured. A like what? Yeah. <laughs> I finally have a thing. It's <laughs> not this Yahoo. Is this better than being the heir or equal? Yeah. Like, what does this mean? What's my pay grade? On <laughs> <laughs> the um the this the um flow chart, am I higher than this one? Do I get to boss Winona around? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is she gonna have to call me the champion? <laughs> or is it sir? Is it yeah TC? So we're back at the fire and Doc's on the ground over Charlie. What the fuck? And we know what has happened. Nicole walks up, turns Charlie over and realizes what Doc has done. And um, he brings out the book. Like she says, what have you done? He brings out the book, like as if that's going to make it better. But of course it doesn't. And um, he tries to explain that the fire was too much. And Nicole's like, for you or for him? And Doc said that no one can understand the hunger and what it's like. And Nicole says that, you know, she was actually his last friend, that she was the one that was um, was going to look after him. She then pulls a gun on him and um, doesn't shoot him, but says that if she ever sees him again, that she will kill him. And now Jeremy is standing behind Nicole and um, Doc kind of walks away. The camera then catches Doc as he's walking away, smiling and laughing. Mm-hmm. Casey, thoughts? Yeah. Well, at the first time I watched it, I was like, well, that's weird. He's just happy he got blood. The second and third time I watched it, I'm like, is Maven Doc? Mm. Mm. Is Doc and Charlie somehow? And then May and so now Doc's not on dead anymore. And um now Maeve is in Doc. Mm. That's why he's giggling. Yeah. It's not Doc. It's Maeve. Uh, uh, well, we can't tell you. We just can listen to you ramble. We can't confirm or deny anything. I also have another theory. Go ahead. Um, but I have to share it in a little while because we're not there yet. Okay, good. Because I want to talk about Cat Burrell. It's no secret. I'm a huge Cat Burrell fan. Mm-hmm. This scene, like, yes, I'm amazed at her ability to like be this completely different character and I say it on everything I watch her in like Mm -hmm. when I watch her on the good witch I don't see a single 
bit of Nicole Hot in that character. And it just mm-hmm. amazes me at her range, right? So then mm-hmm. we see her as Maeve and it's like, oh my gosh, you're so not Nicole Hot right now. You're completely different. But this scene was heart-wrenching. This was like mm-hmm. a Earp sister moment for me, Kevin, mm-hmm. where she's just like, I was the one person who yeah, volunteered to up, take yeah. you on. Mm-hmm. I was like the only friend you had left. Everyone like three times because her face, like the acting she was doing and the emotion that was coming out, like mm-hmm. spit was like forming in her mouth as she was mm-hmm. saying, like she was just like, and she pulls her gun on him. And, you know, she says, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm which is huge because they're all, you know, a huge family. They just had family dinner, right? For Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was just like such a huge scene. And then like, she says that, but she drops her gun too. Like, could she really do it if she had to? Mm-hmm. And if anyone was going to have to do it, would it be her? It was mm-hmm. just. It can say something in the moment, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's just so hurt and they're mm-hmm. just that whole scene. Mm. I died. Yeah. I mean, she had, and, and, you know, she did such a good job too in this episode for not having a ton of scenes. I mean, to have to play the witch Maeve to go mm-hmm. that bold and that big, um, mm-hmm. you know, Kat talked about, uh, no spoilers here, Casey, but Kat talked in some interviews, our podcast and, and in other interviews about how, you know, difficult that is to just go so big and bold suddenly to a character you've never done before. Um, and I guess the timing of the shooting that, you know, that ended up being like late on a, on a day, they didn't have a ton of time. She didn't have a lot of takes to do it and to mm. nail Maeve as good as she did. And then like you said, and to come back and be able to show such emotion, mm-hmm. just wow. Yeah. I think I remember her saying something like, she was just like, just tell me if I'm going too, over yeah, the too, top too big. This. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And she was like, she I'm just going to go it. crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, and so then we're back at the Gardner house and um, Mercedes, Winona and Waverly, they're all getting the hot goss from Kevin. And Winona asks Kevin to clarify, like, what does this mean exactly when you say Waverly's the champion? Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, Let's clarify this. Um, and it turns out that Bolshar stole the ring from Waverly's father. Julian and Bolshar knew each other. They were the original haters, according to Kevin. And Waverly is the daughter of one of two angels tasked with protecting the garden. And those angels were Juan Carlo and Julian. So we've solved the mystery of like for a minute, it was like, okay, when he said that's your father's ring, Uh but we know it was Bolshar's ring. Bolshar stole it. So yeah, that made me feel so much better. A little relief. A ton of relief because I was like, yo, thank God that Bolshar's not fucking her dad. Well, yeah, because you were thinking like Waverly was like... You're like, how could she have any badness in her, right? Mm-hmm. Right, she's, exactly. She's the light. There's no darkness in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we are back at BBD, and Jeremy is reading out of Juan Carlos' book out loud to Hot and Robin. Oh, if I can jump in, sorry. Yeah, yeah. One, one, uh, one thing that came up certainly in some interviews around the time of this episode to truly appreciate that whole scene between Winona. Waverly, Mercedes, and Kevin. You had a, a very important scene with lots of big development of the story and so forth. You've got it going on in this show, all women, all strong female characters carrying the episode. 
you know, and again, just yeah. another way that Winona Earp is showing, you know, you don't need the guys in here to make this work. No. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to say this before because oh, you were saying that you relate so well to, you relate so much to this character and because of the name, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I am like loving Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like, I love this character so much. Like, she is like, I am going to smash this patriarchy. Like, I am going to, I don't care what my, the good old boys back in the mm -hmm. office are saying. Like, we are going to do this. Don't F it up. The, you know, like, she's really, you can tell she's rooting for them um, and wants them to, to get their stuff together and do it. So I, I really, really like this character a lot. But also her delivery is just like so deadpan and mm -hmm. so like matter of fact mm -hmm. getting shit done like yeah. I don't have time she's for your bullshit she's not gonna get excited about it yeah. she's not gonna go overboard she's like nope this is what we're doing this is you know follow my lead because this stuff has got to get done um so we're back at the at the um BBD and and Jeremy's reading out of Juan Carlos's book to Hot and Robin, and um, it says that Bolshar was created in the in the garden to enjoy the spoils of paradise. And Hot isn't sure what it means created in the garden, and Jeremy isn't sure, but he um, does know that before Bolshar was known as Sheriff Cludie, he took form of a snake, the snake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all your Bible-y stuff. I know, but see, I was right about something with the... Sh the, uh, the okay, go on. <laughs> and back at the Gardner house, we get even more details, right? Uh, Wynone comes to the conclusion that Bolshar is the snake. So we've got two opposite sides of the, the city, right? They're all coming to the same conclusion. Um and she says that he's the snake, as in the last temptation of snake featuring special guest, the apple. <laughs> and Mercedes says, don't forget Eve. And then Kevin groans, oh, I wish I could. Don't even get me started on that girl. Whew, Eve sounds like quite a bitch. Um, and then Bobo, so it turns out Bobo was right that it isn't a demon's ring, but an angel's. And Mercedes is like, yeah, I don't even see why this ring is such a big deal. It doesn't even have a diamond. <laughs> Just like doesn't see the big picture, right? No. <laughs> um, I love her. And Wynona's like, yeah, but the ring found its way back to Waverly. Kevin says that they needed to confirm if Waverly could wield the power of the ring because she's only half angel. And apparently there's no precedent. So like there's never been another half angel before mm -hmm. Waverly's the first one. Um, she's think Waverly says, well, I think I've proven myself just now. Uh, Mercedes wants to know if <laughs> Waverly can alter any other body parts because she's got some work she would like to have done. Um, uh, what was I? Oh, and Kevin just agrees like, okay, well, if you did prove yourself just now, there is hope for you. And then here's where we see Waverly just thrilled, right? Like this mm -hmm. is her moment she has been waiting for all this time with all of her research and her wanting to be part of this story and, mm -hmm. you know, being jealous of Winona being the heir. And she's just, she's always been the one who's wanted to save the day. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, She's kind of got this light bulb moment where like, this could actually be my chance to shine and not yeah. be in the shadows all the time. 
I thought it was interesting as well, like what Kevin just said about, um, you know, these strong women all being in the room together and everything. Kevin, not you, Kevin. Kevin <laughs> was um, talking in front of Mercedes, like throwing it all down in front of Mercedes. And in the kitchen, she wouldn't say anything in front of Charlie. She like obviously isn't a big fan of maybe men in general or doesn't trust them or whatever. But Mercedes, I think, is as much of a civilian as Charlie. So I thought it was interesting that she was talking in front of her but didn't want Charlie anywhere in the picture. That's a really good point. Thank You're good at this you. game. You're welcome. I know. Um, so we're back at BBD and Jeremy's still reading out of the book, which says, which Juan Carlos wrote, um, Juan Carlo wrote, we guarded the entrance to keep him in, to keep everything in, but we failed, Julie and I, Julian and I, it's been a lifetime since we had the chance to right this wrong and it'll be another lifetime until we can strike again on this night and this night only we can stop him. And Robin at that point knows that it was the blood eclipse, the pledge moon visible only once every 120 years. And oh, by the by, there's what one a coincidence tomorrow. And Bobo then chimes in and says that they better get ready. Okay, here's what my prediction is. Okay. So in the earlier earlier on in this episode um they are going over the murder board and waverly mentions that there's two trees in the garden of eden there's one of knowledge and then there's one of life no oh my god i'm blinking out life yeah. yeah and um so my prediction is is that I didn't write this down because, and I don't remember what scene it was in, but I think it might've been this scene where Jeremy's like, Oh my God, how do you know that? And, and Robin is goes, Robin goes, well, I also um, majored or minored or whatever in astrom astronomy. astronomy. Thank you. And um, Jeremy goes, Oh, and a, my, or majored in jazz or whatever it was that he majored in he goes you might be too employable and then so then i'm thinking about it and i'm like oh my god there's two trees one of knowledge jeremy is a tree he's the tree of knowledge well he is pretty smart he could win in a trivia contest maybe no in the garden tree. he's the tree of knowledge like he's gonna be in the garden he's gonna turn into a tree but not he's gonna be tree. in the garden he's yeah, here i now. don't know you yeah. think when if we finally <laughs> see a garden jeremy's gonna be in there jeremy somehow is gonna be in the tree because he still has this little brain thing that he swallowed or whatever oh it is. you're thinking of robin that's what i said right you keep saying oh my jeremy. god did i say jeremy <laughs> <laughs> trying to follow where you're going here girl <laughs> i was like well oh, jeremy robin. is the smart one robin 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 is the tree of knowledge because he swallowed the thing the seed mm -hmm. or whatever so he's still a murder something. tree something maybe or whatever and he's regurgitating blueberries he's you know he's still something is still going on with him it wasn't just a potato thing okay it's a good theory. We'll revisit he's it. Smart. He's really smart. He's he is really smart. He's a true. Okay. He's a true knowledge. Oh. Put down your money on this one. It's a good prediction. And now, though, I don't think that the apple is a potato anymore. It might be. Okay. Do you think we'll see an apple? 
Well, you have well, we to. see a snake. We're going to see trees. We're going to see apples. We're going to see snakes. Okay. We're back at the homestead. Waverly asks Kevin, you know, what do we need to do to stop Bolshar? We're down to brass tacks now. And it turns out that Waverly needs to take her father, her rightful place on her father's throne. Wynonna again says, yeah, okay, what happens when she does that? And Kevin's like, well, the garden will get sealed. And Wynonna says, but what happens to my sister? And Kevin says, she saves the world. And then Wynonna grabs her and says, cut the shit, because she knows everything comes with a price, right? And uh, Kevin says, it'll cost her her life. She'll turn to stone. And Wynonna's like, fuck this shit. That's, That's not happening. And Kevin says, that's the only thing standing between humanity and total annihilation. And um, Waverly and Kevin are just, uh, she's trying to convince them that it's like one life is worth a sacrifice for the greater good, right? Like we just, so what? You have to sacrifice your sister, no big deal, because the world will keep going on. Um, And she, Waverly says, yeah, but it's, it's still mine. It's still my life. And Wynonna says, there's no goddamn way I'm sacrificing her. And then Waverly is thinking twice about this whole champion thing, right? Like she gets a petrified look on her face and she's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Um, and Kevin gets disgusted and turns and walks away to the car saying, wow, you selfish, short-sighted, weak-willed millennials. You're going to kill us all. I expected more from you. And so would your father. And then she leaves. She does like a mic drop and leaves. Okay. What? You look confused. No, I'm thinking more about this, about the stone. She turns into stone. Mm-hmm. And then there was that stone person. There was a statue in the um, ever, or in that greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Is that somebody? Is that a garden? And is that somebody? Never mind. Um, well, you've said you think the greenhouse is the garden. I do think that, yeah. Because we're the, is the garden. It's the greenhouse. Okay. I love how you just try to like have silence and nodding, trying to get us to break. (laughs) Trying to get us to crack. Three, four. (laughs) Spill the beans. (laughs) And the two. And the three. Um, So um, we're now, I thought we were at BBD, but um, we're apparently at the morgue i thought I we were at the office the i don't know that there is a morgue i don't know there is a morgue what are you talking about yes there is we saw it okay we I saw mean, it in earlier episodes well this wherever a body is i think is a morgue well no i think body there, actually, it's a morgue. it looks no this looked like it was in the office but anyway um so hot's looking over the body of charlie telling Maeve to wake up but jeremy walks in saying that the fire witch isn't in there he doesn't know why don't know where she went um but um that's what you thought too you thought Maeve was maybe in him or in yeah too i never thought that with this like scene and so is charlie charlie's gone too so jeremy wonders what's what they're going to tell winona about charlie and also what happened to doc and hot doesn't know okay but here's the thing though is that doc doc okay I think that Doc is in Charlie. Because Maeve is, I think that Maeve is in Doc. So maybe he's just napping. 
<laughs> maybe he has to get used to his new digs. <laughs> right. But like we didn't see we didn't see any swapping happening when Maeve went into bodies like there wasn't a like that other body just that other spirit kind of just ceased to be, I think, or lived alongside Maeve. Yeah, but she said that she couldn't go into his body because she's he's undead. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You think so Doc anyway. is in Charlie? I do. And Maeve is walking around in Doc. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think he's at the morgue. Okay. I think he's just taking a siesta. And okay. we're going to see him pop up. And it'll be Doc inside of Charlie. Okay. And you think Charlie's going to rise from that the dead loud, maybe as Doc. Not, because. Oh. There are no wrong answers. I mean, Kevin and I know the right answers, but. I know, but no I wrong answers you for looking you. at me like, you're crazy. <laughs> Is that what you think? Oh. You've been you right. Think... And I've looked at you like you're crazy. I've gaslit you, you this whole time. I think that Doc <laughs> is going to pop right on out of Charlie. That's what you said. That's what it makes it's... you. I'm like, if one you of can survive my social too. experiment that I've done with you for four, four <laughs> seasons, it'll be a miracle. Oh, is that what you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, why don't we just special. keep on thinking that then? And you're going to look like an idiot in the next episode. Mm. <laughs> now we're at the homestead. And this is one of the ultimate Herb Sister Feels moments <laughs> at the fireplace. And Winona's sad. And she's doing her Winona sadness that nobody can handle. And she's already crying and they're sitting on the floor. And Waverly says, you know, if it's the only way to stop Bolshar and Winona cuts her off immediately saying it won't be. And then Waverly says, if it was you and you could save us Winona. And she interjects and says, I will. Uh, Waverly continues. You would sacrifice yourself in a heartbeat to save the world, to save me. And then she just breaks completely. And she, Winona says, this time, this one time, I'm going to be selfish as hell. I've been through some shit, baby girl. Some shit that's brought me so low, I didn't think I'd ever see the light again. You're the only thing that keeps me going. You're the light, Waverly. Mm-hmm. So I know it can't be true because even my destiny can't be this cruel. And then Waverly pulls her in for a hug. And then there's a forehead moment. And this is what kills Kevin every time. It's the forehead moments. And then the the tears. I mean, how does she do it? She's like, she's so believable, like so believable. Um, and Waverly says, you've said it before and I'll say it again. Being an herb sucks balls. And again, the tears are just pouring. Um, and then Winona turns her head and notices that the sun has yet to set and it's 9 PM in the middle of winter. And while that sounds like a great thing, extra daylight in winter, we know in this situation, it can't be good. This cannot be good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a knock at Mercedes's, Mercedes's door. And she's hoping that her date looks like her profile, like his profile picture. And she opens it up, um, opens up the door and there's nobody there. And so she turns around and to walk away. But just as she does that, a hand goes over Mercedes's mouth and um, like covers her mouth and pulls her out of the house. And, I swear she said, oh, no, not the face. She did. But she did. Okay. Because I'm like, how did she say that over uh, with? It the, was like, 
Oh, not the face. Oh, okay. Because then I, I was like, was I thinking, oh, no, not the face? Or did she actually say, oh, no, not the face? It's just really good ADR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not the face. <laughs> and then, bam. All done. Credits. I have my theory of who that was, but. Who was it? I don't. Well, I didn't go back and look, but I swear that I think that it was Doc. Okay. Because Doc had a jean jacket on and the arm that came through looked like it might have been a jean jacket, but I did not go back and compare colors. Okay. So this also, is I have another question uh-huh. before we move on. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to move on to. It's so the in the, um, shut up. so in the, <laughs> I think that there's more to the story is what I'm saying. This is a big one. Like we got a lot of history. We had a lot of um, questions answered. But now that's 10 and now 11 and 12 are doozies. How many episodes are there? 12. <gasps> There's only 12? There's oh only 12. God, I there were 14. No, Ooh, season no. one was the only one that had extra. That one had 13. Then they're all 12. We're almost done with this season. And then we only have one more season. And then what? No, then we'll just, we'll maybe. have five waiting. Maybe for us. we It'll should be fine. No. Okay. We got to stretch this out. <laughs> we can't stretch this out. You are, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. You're no, going to be unable to, to wait. <laughs> yeah. It's all unhinged from here on out. I don't want to. <laughs> Welcome to the Upperdom. <laughs> Casey, when you see episode 12, and then you realize that people had to wait two no, I can't years. Even you're going to, knowing that, you're going to flip out. Yeah. I didn't have to wait two years. I, heaven help all of you that went through that because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't do know how you survived two it. years. Like, what did you just think about it all the time? I would have thought about it all the time. And, and just wait till you see what happens. I can't <laughs> and having to wait. That's all I'll say. This is why folks do so many rewatches. It's so deep into things. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's so addictive, so addictive in a good way. Uh, a couple of quick things to point out. Um, while I still have my wits about me. Um, I love the book ending of the being an herb sucks balls. My mm-hmm. said it at the very beginning of the episode, Says mm-hmm. it at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as, you know, Anne was mentioning, this this is a really big Herb Sister episode. Uh, not that there won't be several more. Um, really to see them, uh, the emotion that Mel can pull out in the scene, the forehead, the, the tears. It's just a great example of, of, you know, why the Herb Sisters mean so much to so many of us. Um, also, we got multiple baby girl mentions in this episode, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but the number of baby girl mentions increases with each season. Uh, oh, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, no. And um, after you do complete season three, I know uh, Anne mentioned maybe having you watch some uh, cast panels um, from the conventions, because there'll be a lot that goes on for that two years. Um one of the ones I would certainly recommend is the 
first ever ERP sister panel, which is Mel and Dom. Oh. Um, that was done at ERP Expo 2019 that I had the great honor of moderating. Um, it's a really good one. I think you'll get a kick out of it when you get there, Casey, a couple more episodes. Uh, talking a little bit about the ERP sister stuff through okay. the series. Is that the keep your shit together one? That's the keep your shit together one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can watch it though after the season? Yes. It occurred oh. after season three and before season four. So it will be fine to Kevin, watch them. Am I correct in there? They, they haven't had any in real life cons that discussed season four. Correct. Have they? Correct. You are correct. No COVID since right. it aired in 2020 and 2021. And since there was the two year break. Right. So I was right you and I talked offline the other day and I said, I think that all the panels that I find you, as long as they're not of any of the virtual cons that have taken place in this past year. Yeah. yeah, They'll be safe. They'll be safe for you. They won't have any season four content. Yeah. So the con that we're going to will be the, will be, did you say it was the first physical con? Since yeah. season four aired. Since season four. The one that we're going to? Yes. The one that we're going to? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to say, to say that it should be a flood of Erper emotions is an understatement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they haven't been at any in real life conventions talking about season four, and they haven't been to a physical convention i think since 2019 yeah holy shit it's gonna be so fun yeah so <laughs> i think the energy will be pretty high mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and we have a wait yet <laughs> i know it's like well crap if people could wait two years for the next season i can wait nine months till the convention and then i thought to myself i could have a child and birth it by the time that that <laughs> uh, I I just want you because I think you can appreciate it after you watch that season 3 finale in a couple of weeks just think about waiting two years including a period of time where it looked like that season 3 finale was the end seriously looked like that was it we were not going to get the show back it's one thing to be waiting knowing it's coming like I talked about that announcement but there was a long time there where that could have been the end Mm-hmm. so just part of the fun of the of the ride but i you know one thing i just want to say again is just can't thank the two of you enough your podcast this podcast is so much fun the two of you the energy the way you bring it with Anne, with the uh bringing in all the info dropping little teases for those of us who've seen it and in case of your willingness to be so open and take guesses and jump in both feet all in with us just makes for so much fun. I can't thank you both enough. Thank you for supporting us and being kind and not thinking that we're total idiots. <laughs> if you are, you're my kind of idiots. Okay. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're among better. <laughs> we're among many like-minded idiots. <laughs> sea of idiots. Uh, well, thank you so much for thank for coming you. by. Um, if anyone hasn't heard of you before, Kevin, where can they find you? Oh, you can find our Tales of the Black Badge podcast that uh, Bonnie Farrar and I do um, at uh, winownerpodcast.com. Uh, we started right back when the show began. We've got over 200 podcasts, including 35 cast interviews. So lots of ERP in there. 
fill your time. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You have anything else you want to pitch in that you forgot? No, just keep burping, folks. Keep celebrating the show here. You know, we're hoping thank to have you. it back for season five, but if nothing else every day, just celebrate this amazing fandom and show and yeah. all these folks we get to see and hopefully get to see again in person come 2022. Kevin, Can't wait to burp out in real life with you. Blink if there's going to be a season five. We won't tell anyone. Kevin doesn't. <laughs> I always feel so bad because people think Kevin has like some insider information and he does. He doesn't with this kind of stuff at the end of the day. Your ear, dude. (laughs) (laughs) If I could, for you, Casey, you know, I would. I I won't tell anybody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Secret safe with us and all 11 listeners. (laughs) That's right. That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, thank we'll talk you. With you later. Yes. Have a good night. Looking forward to it. Take care, all. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, bye bye. All right. So that was Mr. Kevin Batchelder. Now you see why he wanted to be on that episode. Yes, that is so funny. I would literally be. But then I know I would be trying to convince people that that's why, and people would be like, "No, I didn't. Why are you saying that bullshit? Like, are you drunk? No, they didn't." name that character after you to imagine Nobody a casey character ever... first of all emily would have to know you exist i'm talking about if i were him like you know like <laughs> if if the roles were reversed and i was going up to my friends going get this oh yeah i just found out that this just happened i have that business that cards made i would yeah. have business cards made like yeah that's me it should be in this Twitter thing, or maybe it should be in his bio, Kevin. Yes, of, yes, from the show. You might, you might not recognize me because <laughs> I had long brown hair and I was a woman dressed in, but it's a, me. An amazing black suit, by the way. I love. You know who suit. she reminds me of? She reminds me of, and I am horrible with actresses' names. Me too. But big one. The um the actress from the Weeds. Weeds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Me too. That's who I thought it was when she first came on this, when she tore off the mask, which by the way, looked like a character out of this video game that my kids played at. Oh, oh, Among Us. Yes. Yes. I don't play that either. And, but I saw the pictures of it, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks like that video game. And then she ripped off the mask and I'm like, is that the girl from Weeds? I know. She looks totally like her. What? I was just going to say, do you have any other theories about the show you want to? Oh, well, my big one was the tree, but I guess. It's right. Not. Where do you think we're going to pick up next? You got to watch the next episode quick because I have to go on because I I'm excited to pick these two up again. I I do want to watch the next episode real quick. Yeah. Um, I think we have to watch the one after that together because it's 12. Yeah. The, fi- the finale. Where are we going to go from here? I honestly think that Maeve is in Doc somehow. And I think that Doc is in Charlie somehow. And I mean, obviously I would hope that they, the apocalypse doesn't happen or this season four is going to suck ass. Can we watch this one together too? When can we watch it tomorrow? (laughs) Okay. Um, I just want to watch them all with you from now on. (laughs) It's so good. 
Um, <laughs> so good. I'm going to cry. Bobo is still in the crate, though. Or the he's terrarium. still in the terrarium. Yeah. So when does he get out? When are they going to let him free? He's got to get out and help somehow. I think he's going to be a helper. You think he's going to help? You think he's going to be a helper now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what Kevin said made me lead, made me think that when he said that about the music. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I should have made that connection. I did a whole thing about it for this Erper life about music in the brain. Why was I not even thinking of that watching this freaking episode? <laughs> it helps with Alzheimer's patients and shit. I did all this research and I'm just like, I don't know what this scene is about. Hot's not in it. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> oh, man in a box. I'm over it. <laughs> Listening to music. Crazy Let's ass get back dude. to Nicole. She's got stuff to do, <laughs> yeah. and her shirt's wide open. Let's go. <laughs> her breasts. Her bra and game is strong. <laughs> Moving on. Fast forward. I I did um, agree with uh, Kevin though, and his and his and her thoughts on uh, Winona's outfit in, when they were standing in the kitchen. And I'm like, yeah, what is that outfit? That's oh like Stacy was watching with me, and she was like. No, really. Who does dress her? Who's like, watching? Stacy. Oh, I thought you said Daisy. I'm like, who's Daisy? Yeah, sometimes I call her Daisy. She loves that. <laughs> <laughs> Buttercup, Daisy, whatever. Um, and I was like, I dig that way. Nona doesn't give a shit about what she wears. She. Like, I mean, I think that. I don't. I don't think she dresses for anyone else no obviously not with that outfit i was or like do you think she thinks she looks fine yeah i think she looks hot i think she thinks that she looks i think that she thinks that she looks hot i don't think she gets up and is like oh i do mm-hmm. you think she gets up and is like this is when smoking. she when she was actually in real life pregnant you know mm-hmm. And she was then like playing pregnant and she had just like frumpy sweaters on and all that stuff. I was like, no, that's not her. Right. That's not her. Um, like, I think that Winona gets up and is like, what am I going to look hot in today? Like, cause look at her. She had the boots and the little shirt cut off pants and like the, like it was all just so her, but then the swimsuit top and the, and the bra underneath, I was like, what is that going on? It was a mixed there? emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It, I didn't like that at all, but she was, she was feeling it. So I dug the black suit though, that Kevin was wearing like hardcore. I'm like, God, I wish I could pull that off. God, Kevin, I wish I could pull that off. Kevin made quite the entrance mm-hmm. and exit in her smart car. <laughs> all right. Do you want um, a couple emails? We got yeah. an email from Maria. Hey guys, I'm Maria from Colombia. No. Yes, we reach far and wide with our our earwaves here, our sound waves. I started watching the show just last March because COVID and extra free time. And since then, I'm an erper. I don't use that much social media, so I never had a chance to tell you how much I love your podcast. You two are so funny, and I laugh with you every time. I really love the Easter eggs and how Casey is really confused, but just goes with the flow. (laughs) 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 you couldn't have put it better um and i love your crazy stories in between i don't even know you but i want to be your friend xoxo friend maria i don't know how we're gonna get together for drinks you're in colombia but okay (laughs) um we'll come to (laughs) colombia what um 
here's the thing with you in the Easter eggs, though. It's because I know you and you say rando stuff. So when you say the whatever rando Easter egg or whatever, and I'm like, I don't even catch it because I'm thinking, oh, that's just saying. Like just, just saying I'm ridiculous all the time. Because you say funny things all the time. So why wouldn't you just say funny things? And I'm like, I don't know. That could be an Easter egg. I don't know. That's probably just Anne being Anne. <laughs> she heard a phrase that stuck with her. And now she's wants gotta to use that, that one. <laughs> I shot that down. <laughs> I'm a everyone's standing around like a bunch of dildos. <laughs> Do you use it yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Up there though just wait for a rainy day uh thank you maria and then we have two people who reached out through twitter we have trina and can you please all caps tell casey how much i love her laugh hey casey trina yeah. loves your laugh oh that's so nice to hear <laughs> trina from the tweeter uh, trina from the block uh absolutely adore your podcast be safe and then they went on to say because uh they had DM'd this and then DM'd after they heard another episode. Oh. I heard on one of your recent podcasts about going to a monster truck rally. Do it. It was on my bucket list since I was a little girl. <gasps> it took me until I turned 40 to make it come no. true. Uh, and then they sent a Wonder Woman truck picture that was featured at a show in Washington, D.C. Oh, says, my God. Love you, gals. That Thank you. How cool is that? You should do it. I'll do it. When all this stuff opens. My kids just both got their final vaccines. Are you serious? On, yeah, on Friday. How old are they? I'm not going to say how old my children are because they're just old. Hold, just do this. No, 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 that was too many. 22? <laughs> <laughs> and now I know. I've known you. I'm 84 years old, <laughs> but I act like I'm 12. Oh, God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, anyways. I, don't, I could just tell you and cut this out. What am I doing? <laughs> I could just fucking edit it out. Why am I being cryptic? Hand motioning over the camera with you like a freaking idiot. This isn't on air. This isn't live. What is wrong with me? Okay. Thank you, Trina. You just don't turned us into idiots. Um. We have another one from Willow on Twitter. Hey, I'm a newish herper and I found the podcast about a month ago. I'm a field archaeologist and it makes oh. long digging days feel not so long. Keep up the good work and I can't wait to hear the rest of season three and season four. Willow, when I read about you digging, all I thought about was Bobo Del Rey digging. Oh, it is? I was like, she's a digger. She's just digging for bones. Like what? Bobo Del Rey. Okay. I mean, I know they dig for more than bones, and it's like what? one of my dream jobs. Would what be do they drink? Archaeologist. They, oh, I think that's their thing is that they dig for bones. Like that's what yeah, they like do. they'll dig for pottery and shit too. Just old stuff. I want to know buried. what the best thing she ever found was. What okay, you were digging for dinosaur bones, but you found a treasure chest. I mean, treasure chest. <laughs> like, what was the most unexpected thing you found? That's what I want to know. Willow, we have questions. We need answers. You know where to find us. Here's some of my questions. One, can just regular people like me who have free time come and dig stuff too? I'll be careful. You can teach me. 
can people like us just go on digs or do you have to have a digging degree? I have other degrees, just not digging degrees. This is a real question. I want to know if I can just be like, go on one of these digs. I think it would be the best. Except for the hot part. I think you can, but I just need someone to tell me for sure. And like, send me an invite. Just tell me where you're going to be. And I'll bring a shovel and a paintbrush. I was at um, Fort DeSoto in Florida. And there was a crew there like doing digging and stuff. And for this purpose to find, because there's there's such a history there in in that um, park and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, that would be so exciting to be digging it's monotonous you're digging you're doing your own thing to a podcast you know whatever and then all of a sudden time eureka eureka Eureka. i'd be like "Ah, yeah they didn't seem excited and they were digging like they were finding things and i'm thinking how do you keep that to yourself is it they would hate me because I would flip out every single time. I'd be like, never mind. It was a rock. It was a rock, everybody. <laughs> not a bone, not a femur. Did you, a okay, rock. that brings me back. Okay. I don't have permission to talk about this, so I'm not going to name names. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm going to talk about? One of the Redmonds and what they posted on um, in a picture of things that they had found. And there was like 400 of them. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to say a name, but they, this Redmond um, had found like 400 shark teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the states that. But they find it all the time. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I have an ocean by my house. Are those in my ocean too? And the craziest part of it all was that this person lives in a part of a state that is not, there's no ocean. And they find shark teeth because at one point Wait, in a million there's years, an ago, ocean. There's no ocean in that state. <laughs> they said in the north part of the state. In well, the everything used to be underwater. It's some be underwater. So there With was sharks. Shark. The ocean used to be in the middle of the state. Okay, I let's talk about what state. Enough. it's texas it's texas okay it's texas so but yes i swear that they said that it was the northern part of the state that was underwater and that's where they found all these shark teeth and i'm like how is that even possible what how that means that these shark teeth are one gazillion years old here's i i still have more questions for willow but now we're on a tangent i need to do a disclaimer i i am really smart in some things I just not like geography. Okay, the northern part of Texas doesn't is nowhere near an ocean. I know, but even the history of it. Like, was there an ocean there at one time? I was let me tell you, when I read that, I was like, this person full of shit. There's no way that 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 part of the Texas. Whoa, you're calling our good friend a liar now? No, like she was joking. Like, haha, it's a northern. Did you see some of them? They're like, that's my hand. Dang. Where did you find me? Sharknado. And she just is like, oh, I just happen to have like a bunch of them. And I'm thinking there's no way that she is even being serious with me right now. She bought these at the dollar store. No. Well, and that's the other thing. Are they that prolific that when you go to a place like, the La Brea tar pits and they sell them. Are those real or are they fake? 
I don't know about that. And you know who you are. You know who you are. And we are talking directly to you right now. We're not going to say your name because we're going to protect your privacy in the state of in the state of Texas. But you know who you are. Why aren't you sending us any? I want a shark tooth. I want a big one. I don't want a shark tooth. Come on, send her. You know, you have her address. Send her some shark teeth. You know, you do. Your kids want them. No, no. It's cool. I want a whole box of them. Those are her special things. I can't believe you're asking. They're a dime a dozen. She's just going to go dig up some more tomorrow. I want to know. Okay. I don't need a whole box, but I do want a really big one. It's regular ones. Can we go back to Willow for one second? Of course. We don't need to leave Willow at all. We'll stick on Willow. I need to seriously know. I need to know how long she's been doing this. Mm -hmm. Does it run in her family? Like, was her uh, parent a archaeologist and that's is bobo del rey your dad (laughs) (laughs) but i seriously want to know like without one single doubt she needs to dm us and let us know what the craziest thing that she found was that was not part of what she originally was going for like let's say their team is like okay we know that there's like oh my god are these dentures from pterodactyl century right i want dentures (laughs) You didn't hear what I was saying. Are these pterodactyl, like our team set out to find these okay. pterodactyl bones. Right. But it, she was digging and instead she found um, a buried. <laughs> An ancient dildo. <laughs> like a um, Ford T-Bird. Or, or like a, a whole car. <laughs> buried with a dead person in it. Like I need to know the crazy. Cleopatra's tomb. Uh, a diamond. <laughs> I found that already. Like a stolen gun that was used in the. In exactly. Something like that. Yeah. We need, we need stories. We won't. If you just say in the DM, you can't say this one on air. I'll just tell Casey. But if you tell us on air, we'll tell them too. Because now this podcast has just turned into we want to know about your your nine one one dispatches. <laughs> we want to know about crimes, and we want to know about buried treasures. All right, exactly. Please, right. Thank you, Willow. Clearly, you've really got us in a spiral. It was like one of the shortest DMs, and then we just went off. It all goes. Also, you can include. Um, did you just hear that? bang as if somebody else is in this building with me right now but everybody else. right behind you <laughs> <laughs> what's that <laughs> i'm looking behind me too i know but you still freaked out all right well thanks for listening to why not <laughs> we've been on a tangent you can find us on twitter at why not p and you can find us online at whynot.com. You can find us on Instagram at whynotpodcast. Bye. Bye. You go high. Make sure we got you go that. high. I go low. Go oh, high. Bye. Bye. No, sing it. Oh. You Bye. go high. Bye. 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 That's not singing. <laughs> you know. What do you want like from this? me? <laughs> Not really. I don't know what you're trying to get me to do. Bye. <laughs> were, we, were we harmonizing? Yes. You go. The barbershop. Oh, forget it.
Why would you pick me to go high? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, no, sing it like. I would never <laughs> sing like that. Good. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Get an iPhone. <laughs>